Welcome back to another episode of Church is Stupid, comma, but I'm Ruth. I'm Andy. I'm Elijah. Great. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, we're going to be talking about different denominations. So two weeks ago, before our wonderful vacation that me and Elijah took and Andy didn't, so sorry. Um, yeah, I need one of those soon. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You it's really coming do. soon. <laughs> um, we talked about different translations of the Bible. And mm-hmm. so I thought, why not look at some different or why so many different denominations exist? Uh, and admittedly, what <laughs> denominations? It's a fun word. It is a fun word. <clears throat> oh, I was waiting for you to say it again. Oh, you usually... wanted me to? Okay, <laughs> denominations. Denominations. Um. <laughs> so, Andy, since you decided it was such a fun word, yeah. What does a denomination mean? I'm not Google. <laughs> Elijah. It's a denom. I don't know. I don't know the actual term. <laughs> Denominations are different, uh, for lack of a better word, sects of Christianity that all have. I'm, I'm sh- I, I would assume all sort of have their own unique origin, or um, at least in some way from from other denominations who have maybe differentiating beliefs, different mm-hmm. practices, different traditions than others, and. Uh, there are a lot of them. There are a lot of them. Andy, you have your thoughtful face on. Well, yeah. Um, so I Googled the definition, of course, because, you know, that's what I do being the person sitting here at a computer. And the first, like, explanation is a recognized autonomous branch of the Christian church, mm-hmm. um, which I find interesting because it specifies just the Christian church. Mm-hmm. But then the next part says a group or branch of any religion. And so there's, like, a differentiation between that two, I think. Like, it may not be, like, on purpose, mm-hmm. but I think it is on purpose. Like, it would be that either, A, we think we're so special that we need to be <laughs> put on our own kind of a thing as the Christian church, or looking at it from the other perspective of, were we the ones that, you know, started splitting first that we needed a term for it? Um because, like, looking at our history and everything and looking at different branches or whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, um, like, the maps that, like, set this all out for it, some of them are a real mess. Oh, my gosh, they really are. Though some I can assure them. you, I can assure you, if this brings any ease to your mind, that there are many religions that were older that also split before we ever did. Well, that, I'm not so, worried about that. I, I mean, No, you English seem really, of, really concerned. The English so, term denomination maybe was... Um, coined for mm-hmm. the christian church first maybe or maybe well, not. maybe it was just applied more i don't know who well in it, case you're interested it also means the face value of a banknote coin or postage stamp yes it does the rank of playing cards there we go. um and the last one uh a name or designation especially one serving to classify a set of things yeah fair enough <clears throat> So uh, maybe think, really just is that we, th- we think, think we're that, so special. I think that third <laughs> definition like is the better first definition. Um, <laughs> then you can go to the because like that's definition. general, and then you have like the specific. But yeah. I, well, I and particularly here in the church, when we talk about denominations, we are shockingly not talking about money. Um, but <laughs> that's a first, <laughs> right? It's a rare find. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I'm not kidding that much. But we are talking about different sects of the Christian church um, that all branch off in, I believe it said autonomous 
So so they tend to be an autonomous um, branch, which is why, like, hmm. so hmm. there are certain denominations, for instance, the Methodist Church. We have the United Methodist Church. There's the Free Methodist Church. There's the Wesleyan Church. All of those have a root in John Wesley in mm-hmm. the in the holiness movement that he started or the Methodist movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but each of those is now its own autonomous version of that. Mm. Yeah. So I, I did like that particular um, definition. Oh, you're welcome. Sorry. Google Thank is you. really great yes. for giving good definition. After, after you had just said you weren't Google and then Googled, so it was quite nice. Well, you just you have to give me time to ask the question to Google. It's a, it's a whole thing. That's fair. <clears throat> you know I'm really great about writing out my questions in, mm-hmm. in advance. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> but, like, actually looking at this whole, the difference in denomination things, um, when I first learned about, like, the differences in denominations and all this kind of stuff, that was during, um, oh, what's it called? Confirmation classes. Mm-hmm which were taught by my mother and my dad, which brings a whole nother conversation to the table. But um, it was like this learning of who we are that we aren't them. Mm-hmm. What makes you autonomous, essentially. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. what makes you different from other people. And so it, it really is this divide in religion, these mm-hmm. different denominations, because it takes people who... I'm going to use the basic example of the free... United Methodist Church and the United Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. Do you do you know why the separation is there? Yes. Yeah. Uh, like, the separation comes because of uh, originally asking people to pay for their pews. Mm-hmm. We talk about this in the first episode. Yeah, Flashback yeah. to episode um, one. One. Yeah. In case you're missing this information, you should already know it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's simple, small things like that, which looking at it now that's a simple small thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like we're gonna split up our entire religion because we think free pews versus not paid for pews and now we don't even charge for pews so we're essentially the same thing but like there's we're not essentially the same thing anymore but also um it it is it is funny though but also it's the same thing like look at uh the way in supermarkets if they charge a dollar 99 for something you're always going to choose it over the two dollars i'm just saying I will. Where am I paying two dollars for? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the, the same product, I guess. Okay. But uh, fair enough. But yeah, it's and and I think that's the that's something that the church has struggled with for a really long time is where do we draw those lines? Mm-hmm. At what mm-hmm. point is this saying, um, no, we can we can't be unified anymore? Mm-hmm. And I think for that issue, which again, it sounds inherently ridiculous, especially considering now we're just like this is really dumb. But if you look at it as a way of promoting an elitist classist system mm-hmm. that essentially keeps people from Christ, you can see how that becomes a deeper theological issue yeah. that might warrant we are unwilling to support your view that that people are holier or they're better and they're if they have money and can sit closer mm-hmm. in church. Mm-hmm. So, so some of these things, and um, I'm going to start with, I wish I had like, I wish I was on camera right now and I had some slides, like some <laughs> nice PowerPoint slides, um, because I'm a nerd. But there are, um, so within our faith, there are certain things that you have to believe to be classified as a Christian denomination, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, and those things are called dogma. So dogma is the stuff you, if you don't believe the dogma of the Christian faith, you are not a Christian. That's why we find creeds, like the Nicene Creed, then the updated version, the Apostles' Creed, and then the updated version of the Apostles' Creed, the New Apostles' Creed, um, which outline those dogma of the Mm -hmm. faith. For instance, one big dogma Mm -hmm. is the Trinity. You have to believe in the Trinity. And that was established at the Council of Nicaea, which was where the Nicene, see, it all comes together, creed came from. Um, And essentially, so you start there, right? This is the fundamental stuff. This is the basis of our faith. Then you go down into what's called theology. Mm -hmm. And theology is biblically based and backed um, beliefs. Okay, so... For instance, um, predestination is one of the big separators between uh, hmm. our our particular denomination. We fall into so Wesleyan denomination and a Calvinist denomination, because in the Calvinist denomination they believe in predestination, but in the Wesleyan we believe um, in in a different version, like uh, essentially a free will um, sort of a thing, and and. When you get down to the brass tacks, there's biblical basis for, for both of those perspectives, right? And sure, so they yeah. still, ultimately, they don't change the dogma of the faith, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Same thing with a lot of other theologies. So yeah. that's like the second level, right? So you start dogma. You must believe this to be Christian. Theology, you fall into a certain sect based on where your theology lines up. Then you get down to opinion. <laughs> an opinion that's a dangerous one yeah. that's, well what's really really dangerous is a lot of people confuse opinion for dogma right or even theology for dogma mm-hmm. and that's when we get a lot of shaming a lot of these denominations that mm. believe that they're significantly better than every other denomination yeah, like mm-hmm. gatekeeping and elitism um, which yeah. ironically one of probably the largest gatekeepers currently in that way has become the non-denominational movement Mm. because they have become, they have this idea of superiority because they don't gatekeep allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. (laughs) Right. But their theologies like, like one, one thing. um, And we've talked about this before. I think that has become really popular is I don't need theology. I just need the Bible. Well, it's a beautiful idea. Beautiful idea, except for where does theology come from? Yeah. <laughs> the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's an interpretation of the Bible that brings out it, the logical mm-hmm. theology, right? So the people who believe in predestination didn't just wake up one day and say, okay, this is awesome. But they looked at scriptures that said, before you were born, you were I predestined you to da 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 Like, there, you know, there are verses right. that support that. There's multiple. If you look at the whole of scripture, you can see support for that. But free will, same thing. Yeah, right. You can see support for that. So you can't really discount either of them Mm -hmm. completely. Mm -hmm. Now, there are reasons why you adhere to one theology over another. Obviously, as somebody who serves in a Wesleyan denomination, I adhere to a more free will style um, version of scripture as opposed to predestination. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can see why if that becomes your main thing you're gonna absolutely 
hate everybody else who's like yeah. no um yeah and that's that one's not as big of a divide now but it was for a while and that's why the denomination split. It was a huge, yeah. huge... The, you're talking about the predestination, yep. free will like, um, debate. Okay. And so then when you get people with like opinions, such as our favorite ones today, are <laughs> the Bible is only Republican or the Bible is only Democrat. And that's... If you're not a Democrat or if you're not a Republican, then you're automatically not a Christian. And people say things like this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, that's like your opinion, but that is not... doesn't even... You can't say it's dogma and you can't say it's theology because if you really look for it... You, there's, yeah. there's no support. You, yeah. can, you can indicate things in one camp or another that you might be able to say, I believe this is supported based on my biblical sure, understanding yeah. of this theology or, or things like that. So... It's it's not like it's irrelevant in the conversation. Sure. But it's also an opinion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so it doesn't hold the same you can't it doesn't You can't hold, give it the same merit. Yes. Yeah. But people really really like to. Mm-hmm. And I think the sources of a lot of current modern day church splits fall much more into the opinion yeah. than they do into theology. Right, right. I can and definitely that's not, see that. That's not always true. Yeah, sure. But I think that that's one of the biggest and most... Because we haven't been taught to look at scripture, theology, opinions in that way. Mm-hmm. Right? Nobody sits down and says, okay, here's the absolute things you... you Like the bare minimum, bare bones, which yep. you need to believe. <laughs> here's the things that are like, no, nah, you should believe this, but like there are different theologies. And here are the things that have nothing to do with anything. (laughs) You don't really see Um, a lot of creeds anymore, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's become a lot less commonplace to recite the creeds. And so people don't don't know what's in them, don't know what our dogma is. And to me, that's something that leadership really needs to take a role in. They really need to be intentional. And I don't think it's necessarily people saying i'm in, i'm not going to teach you these things for that but also yeah there's it's it's difficult because when do you teach these things right mm-hmm. what, what at what point do you get up and do an entire sermon is that the right place to do it is it I in believe class i have found the next sermon series for my mother um <laughs> dogma <laughs> well i was gonna go You're like welcome. the the creed but yeah well, you can do the creeds too. I mean, you know, it all works out. Santa. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, but, maybe maybe some of that is because I think a lot of people view church services and sermons not as opportunities to learn, but more just that opportunities to have someone stand before them and affirm everything they want to believe. Anyway, I think that's I, I don't know. I I just I think that it's a pattern that a really bad pattern that has made its way or already has been in churches now um, so, because I think. Uh, so, I don't know, like, like if, if, if we are going to do church the way we do church, you know, like on a Sunday service with like maybe, maybe worship time and a sermon time or whatever, if we are going to do it that way, like what an opportunity for actual teaching on, you know, on the history of what we believe and, and the theology behind it. Like what an opportunity, there's a huge opportunity for that kind of like, like learning time and teaching time. Um, but sometimes I think it just kind of becomes a, 
affirm me time. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me what I want to hear time or tell me tell me what I know others don't want to hear time sort of a thing instead of like an actual opportunity to be challenged and to people say grow deeper in your faith, but like to really grow deeper in like your knowledge of your faith, you mm-hmm. know. And that was one of the biggest fears of the Reformation and the biggest criticisms of the Reformation when it was happening. Um, And again, the Reformation is when the Roman Catholic Church split and then the Protestant churches came from that. Hmm. Now, before that, there were other denominations such as the Orthodox churches, um, and there were a couple different versions of those, and those were separate from the, the Roman Catholic Church as well, but they all kind of branch into, you know, the Christian church. Mm-hmm. So this is the the Roman Catholic branch. We find these Protestants and the person who initiated that was Martin Luther. I know we've explained that before, but mm-hmm. it's always good to give a quick update. But it's the one biggest, of the most important things that ever happened in church history. So it, the, one of the big criticisms was, okay, but at that point there can be, how, how do we teach truth then? Because if you can just go shop around for anybody who believes, you, you can find somebody who believes anything and to tell you you're right. I mean, look at the freaking internet. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it is not very hard to find something that will back your opinion. But finding something credible that backs your opinion is is the tough part, mm-hmm. Right. And so that's why people were worried by breaking off, by creating these different sects of Christianity that the truth of Christianity would essentially be watered down. And I think it's something that we actually do see a lot today. And it happens in the form of church, church hopping is what I like to call it Hmm. because people will search around for a church that essentially affirms them. Yeah. Which in some ways is great because having so many choices to to find a church that you feel like a family to be to be a part of is a great thing but the dangerous side of that can be you might never be pushed if it only ever affirms and i think it's the leadership again that really needs to be intentional about not just selling something like we're not trying to market some product and sell it in the cutest way possible Mm -hmm. but to teach things that challenge and push people yeah, I mean that's that's really that's a really great way of putting it. I think I'm trying to think on this whole church hopping idea <clears throat> because you say that it's not in particular a good thing. No, it can be a good thing. Okay, it it, I, it can be a good thing and it can be dangerous. There's mm-hmm. it's both sides. Like many things, there are some things that are really really great that also have dangerous right. sides. It's the same thing. I think church hopping, finding a place that you like I said can find a family. Or, or feel like family and you, you hear God and Christ through the message. Well, it depends mm-hmm. on what you're, awesome. what you're looking for too, right? And what your reasoning doing it is. It's mm-hmm. not yeah. just the, it's not like church hopping is good or is bad. Yeah. And, you know, by any means, it's just, you know, we were for talking about the idea of be w- willing to be challenged and willing to learn things. Um, some, sometimes we see people, only look for a place that just like pats them on the back and doesn't actually challenge them. Um, but that doesn't mean that actually church hopping for, you know, like going to different churches to find a church for you for any other reason is bad by any yeah, means. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's that idea really more the danger is being entrenched in 
people who only agree with you all the time. Yeah, and the idea that that's yeah, that's uh, and yeah. you know maybe it's because I'm fresh off of watching another Netflix documentary <laughs> that talked about people being in. It, it was a guy who was working undercover as a part, a part of this um, extremist sect, mm-hmm. and he was talking about his experience where the more time went on, he started to like some of the things they said, because he was just around it all the time. They were like, well, maybe it's not as crazy as it sounds. And like looking back, he's like, if they could do that to me, they could do that to anybody. Cause I was the complete opposite of everything. Like this person was literally undercover. And so how much more, if you already believe something, do you become entrenched? So that's just the, that that's just the, the potential dangerous mm-hmm. side of, of church hopping. Well, I'm I'm also thinking of the full full on opposite of I'm I'm gonna say the full on opposite of church hopping, um, which would be going to one church for your entire life mm-hmm. and never expanding yourself from there, hmm. which I think can be equally detrimental. Absolutely, and yeah. all of the because you you only are subject to one set of ideas, mm-hmm. like ever. You never have the opportunity to grow in your faith. You're never challenged faith wise because everything that you do is supported of like what you're taught. And so it's just, that was kind of my idea, but it branched from another idea, which I think is a far more interesting thing to talk about. Um, If the church never splits like ever for any reason, is the church dead? Well, and that's the, Mm. that's the thing. That's Um, a great question, Andy. I think it's Love a great question. I think it's also filled with a lot of BS because I, I don't think there's like a way that we can say no, the church never yeah. splits between the Roman Catholics and the Orthodox. That's what makes we it can't a great like say yeah. it, there's a split between the Catholic Catholicism and the Protestants because you can't like go back and look at it without it happening kind of thing. It's like, yeah, we'd have to go back and I was change literally, time. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ruth. It, it depends on if the lack of splitting. I, I think it only works if there's ref- reforming that happens consistently. Mm-hmm. So there would have to be there would have to be a system of checks and balances to make things to be to be reforming. I know I I'm coming the from a very church doesn't have that now. <laughs> some some do though. Some do mm. have ch- checks and it and I think that part of it is just trying to suss out in a human way these things. And human institutions have flaws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A- and when we don't acknowledge that, that's a problem. <laughs> then and you so, get caught up in one church for your whole life, and you think that they're dogmas. <laughs> I, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. <laughs> well, and, I, and you might the, honestly, there are some churches that encourage people to to develop other. You know what I mean? That yeah. that push for people to be challenged and to be learning and to growing. And so I don't think it's even fair to say always going to only one church, but having only one experience mm-hmm. maybe would be. Uh, more my um yeah but as far as yeah as far as these splits go i don't think ultimately we look at the split again in the reformation i don't think that was a bad thing well i'm I'm not saying that like it's a it's a bad thing that we split but like looking if the reformation never happens and we're all still roman catholics (laughs) i don't know if like I, I know that Catholicism has a large, like, standing and position inside of, like, the United States, and like that's where my experience is, especially with church, is like limited to the United States. There's a big, big, big Catholic presence in um, Central America as well, and yeah, it, I believe I, I, in 
sorry. Can, no, fully. Globally, fully, they have a um, big presence. But I know personally, I have found a, a, a lot of things that I can't stand by, like mm-hmm. talking to Catholic friends and all of this, like, and I wouldn't be able to be a part of the Catholic Church, but that's partially because of my, like, raising. Mm-hmm. And so if you were to just get rid of every single church but one, I think I would be done in the church. Like, period. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't support the Catholic well, Church. It's, it's, like, it's yeah. so not I think saying, it, like, just calling out the Catholic no, Church. No, no, Sorry, no, 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 I understand. Like. I, I think I, it's I hard from yeah, our perspective saying. because we would have to combine a bunch of things that already exist. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we, there would be a loss that would be <clears throat> happening. Yeah. Whereas if we go back to the beginning and we never experienced it, which I think you had indicated at the beginning yeah. is, is the hard part for us because we can't look back and say, okay, but what, what if, what the, if church the church had, had been, been one uniform thing since like, since the day that Christ died, what if mm-hmm. it only expanded as one uniform thing, then it might be something different. Right. But it definitely hasn't been. No, it hasn't. Yeah. So what now kind of a thing. And so that's why I say, like, if that church had consistently reformed, then maybe it wouldn't have. But I also am a firm believer that there are healthy splits that happen. So mm-hmm. maybe it would have died. I don't know. It's, I, yeah. that's a good, it's an interesting question because, because I think the Christian... I, I think that's why I like the separation of dogma theology and opinions right. so much because it leaves room for that if it's like for it to be a good thing if you take everything into account yes right? it, it leaves room to acknowledge the christianhood of so many different walks of life mm-hmm. and i think that's yeah. what what god what scripture what jesus calls us to acknowledge is that there are many different ways that this can be lived out hmm. you know and so yeah i i like that separation a lot because then we don't it, – it makes me sad to see Christians waste time fighting on things that are opinion or theology. It makes me really, really sad. I understand that from a practical level that sometimes you have to, mm-hmm. and then you have to go your other ways. But, but that's just like just, fighting, fighting for no reason over that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and continually doing it instead of just acknowledging we can't get past this roadblock, so let's look the other – like let's just yeah. – split <laughs> because it distracts from these it distracts from the dogma the the stuff that really matters hmm. about the christian faith so yeah. i guess i don't know see i i think I, I sort of agree with you i think that the the conversations about theology and the arguments about theology are extremely extremely important oh 100 like, percent. I, I, like, I wasn't saying they weren't no, 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 I, um but like this that it's not that you should just like turn and look the other way when when you come to a difference in theology, which is like what I took out of what you said, and it may not have been what you said, mm-hmm. like but um, like having actual conversations about those differences in theology. I think opinion is very much so when you get the issue there because you get people who are hard set into their their opinions, mm-hmm. and so they do that. They just turn and go the other way. Well, and that's so. I guess, and just from my background. The United Methodist Church is where where I serve, and we're in the middle of dealing with exactly this. Yeah, uh, and we have prolonged the conversation so much so mm. that I have 
people who hate each other who used to be friends because instead of just admitting from a practical standpoint this just isn't working anymore and just healthily splitting at that point they've stayed together until they can't stand each other and it breaks my heart to see that because the focus has been here for so long Mm -hmm. that we can't move past it Mm -hmm. and it's very very frustrating so that's kind of where my background is coming from so so i i appreciate you calling me out on that because i don't mean like every time you come up to something to be like oh goodbye i don't like you like peace out because we need to to challenge and suss through those and be willing to sit down. I wish from the start that people would have sat down and had honest, open conversations in good faith about this theology from the first time the conversation mm-hmm. happened. But it didn't happen that way. And I, I think that this is a good conversation for us to start next episode on. Yes. Talking about, mm-hmm. um, I think we're going to avoid like the actual reasoning for the mm-hmm. split. But talking about like what a future split looks like for... Mm-hmm. A church and that kind of a thing because i think that's something very very interesting that yeah. i don't think it's talked about a lot and um being a part of this church i've asked that question of you know what's going to happen and not many people give a straight answer so yeah. i think we can look at that hmm. um i'm all about that life with that being said um let us know your thoughts ideas about this conversation um on facebook Twitter, Instagram, um, we're in all of those places. So feel free to leave a comment on our posts, leave a comment on anything you like a certain idea that we said, uh, highlight it for us because we probably forgot it. Um, if you're looking for our episodes in another location, we're on, uh, YouTube. We're also on Spotify. We're on Apple music, uh, Apple podcast. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Um, anchor Google. and uh, pretty much a lot of places where podcasts are found. So if you're looking for, you know, a different podcast place yeah podcast <laughs> place to find us <laughs> a different streaming service different streaming service yeah feel free to find us anywhere um let us know your thoughts for all of us here at church is stupid comma but i'm andy i'm ruth i'm elijah and we hope that you enjoy the rest of your week